Welcome to In Our Own Defense Podcast. We're your host, Attorney A.D. Winters, founder and managing attorney of VeteransDefender.com and Dr. Dolores Tarber, licensed psychologist. To find out more about our show, just go to In Our Own Defense on Instagram, Facebook, or you can find us on YouTube. Like that, hit that like button on YouTube and then subscribe to us. Make sure you can email us up, email us about show topics if you want to be involved with the show at inourowndefense at gmail.com. Welcome, Dr. Tarver. How are you? I am awesome, Sauce. Sir, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited that uh, we get to have this next part of our four-part series of In Our Own Defense Presents 2020, A Year in Review. Uh, this has been an exceptional year like no other. Um, and uh, my few years on this, my few decades on this earth, I have never experienced this. Uh, I guess one bright spot about this is that we all get to experience this together. We've lost an enormous amount of uh, loved ones, enormous amount of loved ones have gotten sick, 19.5 million humans in this country alone, 80 something million people throughout the globe, um, over 335,000 human Americans have lost their lives uh, due to COVID. Um, the bright spot of this year uh, for me is that, you know, one of the bright spots is that you and I came together to pull off this show. And I'm so honored that you would take out the time and use all of those amazing talents and your intelligence to be able to come um, and do this as accomplished as you are, as adept as you are. Uh, we, uh, as listeners, and I, and I include myself as a listener, are so lucky to get all of your intelligent insights. So thank you so much for doing this. So how have you been? I am great and I wanna thank you for, we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, in one of our earlier shows, but just your idea to make this podcast a reality. Um, I appreciate it and here we are at the end of our first season, doing this countdown to greatness um, that we're about to do in this tribute. And um, I just so much appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today to do this. Well, thank you so much. Um, as we know, it has been a, a challenging year. We wanna tell all of our listeners, all of our participants, all of the guests that come on the show, thank you so much. And we look forward to 2021 with you. Uh, and so, Dr. Tarver, why don't you, let's do our hell and farewell and salute some of these these brilliant virtuosos in their own careers, uh, business and and art and sports. Uh, and I'd like for you to tell us and talk to us about the grieving process and how, whether it's we've lost these loved ones, but how do we interact and and, and deal with grieving in our lives? So I'd love for you to talk to us about that as we do this hell and farewell, please. Um, you know, I think that we all have, like you said, kind of had our own different grieving process just in terms of the things that we've lost, whether it's been abilities to do things, to connect with people, um, to um, work in some capacities, uh, but we've also grieved the loss of loved ones. We've grieved the loss of, um, I think, collectively people who have meant a lot to us throughout our childhood or our adult life had some significance. Um, and, you know, we grieved with our family members and our friends who have lost, as you said, over 300,000 people have lost their lives this year. And so we have 
um, been dealing with grief in different ways through this COVID-19 experience, not necessarily being able to attend funerals or reach out to loved ones um, because we've had to do some shelter in place, not be with people as they've been in care facilities or um, hospitals or prisons. And so that's been really tough. And we are still just trying to, to work through that. And I, and I think when we have opportunities like this to celebrate, that's one of the ways that we work through grief in healthy ways. We say people's names, we honor them, we honor their legacies, we keep them alive in our memories and in our hearts. And that helps us move through the grief process. So that's part of what we're gonna be sharing with people today um, is a way to honor the people that we love and care about, even though they can't be with us physically. Um, they'll always be with us spiritually and, and in our memories. Thank you. Why don't you uh, tell us that we know that we, we lost the gambler, Kenny Rogers, this year. Charlie Daniels from the Charlie Daniels Band and the Devil Went Down to Georgia. 007, James Bond, Sean Connery, and Eddie Van Halen. And just the, the tip of the iceberg on all of these expert, proficient, accomplished, skillful virtuosos. But why don't you introduce uh, some of our people? Absolutely. My pleasure to do so. Um, so let's start with Miss Beverly B. Smith. And I, you know, I don't, I don't think that um, oftentimes our, our women who are models um, and also extend that into the business industry necessarily get as much press as we sometimes should. But Miss B. Smith, she was a model during a time when Black women weren't featured on magazines. She graced the cover of Mademoiselle magazine, which was a huge feat in the 70s for her to do. Um, and, but she also took her talents and created a business line, home decorating um, and decor. She had several brands that were featured in Walmart, Bed Bath & Beyond, but she also had a TV show, B. Smith with Style, uh, mm. where she showcased her cooking as well. She literally was a very multi-talented woman. Um, she ended up dying of Alzheimer's uh, disease. And, and I think that um, her family did a good job of just kind of talking about that and, and the history of Alzheimer's and how it affects us and the, and, the, and the struggle with being a caregiver. So we honor Beverly B. Smith today for her multifaceted approach to industry and as an entrepreneur. So we thank you, Ms. Smith. Thank you. Next up is one of our favorites. Uh, there is no way you grew up in a home and you did not know who Janae Dubois was, also known as Walona Woods from Good Times. Uh, she has graced our screens in a lot of other different roles, even outside of Good Times, so though that was her most notable role. Uh, but she co-wrote the Moving On Up theme song for the Jeffersons. A lot of people don't know that information. She also appeared in the Wayne Brothers um, series, and she also was a voiceover in the PJs, for which she actually won a couple of daytime Emmys for her role in that. She was able to, to continue on past her role as Walona, and sometimes that can be really tough when we get typecast. She will forever be Walona to us, but she also did a great job in other areas. And so we salute her for bringing laughter into our lives. 
Thank you, and we salute you, Ms. Janae Dubois. You know, I, I think when we look at some of these talented people and get an opportunity to watch them, these actors, uh, be able to showcase their talents, uh, one person that we can we can talk about for sure is uh, Mr. James Lipton. He had he hosted the show inside the actor studio that was at Pace University, where actors were able to come on and talk about their process and talking about their experience before these students, but really to us as a culture. Uh, the reason he's important to the culture from uh, my perspective is one of the things he did is he allowed Dave Chappelle to come onto his show, the first show that Dave Chappelle was on after he came back from his hiatus in Africa, Dave Chappelle went on the James Lipton inside the actor studio, and he gave him a fair space to be able to communicate uh, his pain and speak in his own words um, about what was happening to him on the show. Uh, it, it was a, a watershed moment for me, and I was really, uh, um, really proud. Uh, he's a veteran, an Air Force veteran, uh, as a young man, and he did tons of collaborations. He was a lyricist, an actor, a writer, a dancer. He would also have people to go to first position if they had those talents, but he allowed, uh, Dave Chappelle is the only other person, little known fact, to ever host inside the actor studio, and his guest was James Lipton. <laughs> and so uh, we salute you, sir, and thank you for um, for allowing us to be able to celebrate you. Next is somebody that needs no introduction, uh, Mr. Regis uh, Philbin. Uh, Regis was uh, an incredible TV host. He hosted uh, TV shows for decades and decades and decades. He was even a singer. Uh, he did the Kellison, uh, the Regis and Kathy Lee show before it became. Uh, Regis and, and Kelly and all of the different names that and iterations has gone before, but he came into our homes in the morning for decades. He hosted uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and made the uh, the tie famous, the uh, that every man wants to just wear the straight colored tie. It seemed like such a simple concept, but he popularized it. Um, but, you know, he was the consummate professional that we saw on TV. And so we're lucky to be able to watch his talent over those years. And we salute you, Regis Philbin. Um, thank you very much. Well, as we continue along that, that trek, we could not um, talk about people who have been influential without talking about Mr. Alex Trebek. He is one of the people that we saw and we just gravitated toward him. He has 37 seasons that he hosted Jeopardy and actually is in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the person to host more game shows than anyone else, uh, particularly the same game show. But also outside of Jeopardy, he hosted some other things. Double Dare, some of us watched when we were growing up. Um, to tell the truth, he is actually a native of, of Canada, and I know they are very, very proud of him. Um, he also did something that is significant to me is that he shared his journey with cancer. And oftentimes we don't talk about our health problems, and in particular men don't talk about their health problems. There is concern about not being seen as strong and being able to carry on and do your job. But Alex Trebek 
not only shared his struggle with us, but he also shared his recovery with us. And for that, we are forever grateful for the time that you were here with us. We salute you, Mr. Alex Trebek. Bill Withers, uh, there is not a probably soundtrack that this songwriter <laughs> has not created a song that someone has sampled um, or, or taken to um, use and, and put their own twist on it. He has had a number of hits he has written. Um, Lean on me, we are one, ain't no sunshine. Um, there are just not many people who are as talented as this Grammy Award winning singer and songwriter and musician. Uh, he has been in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Grammy Hall of Fame, and those are just a few of his accomplishments. He has had a phenomenal career in the industry. And, you know, it's interesting because he started off as an airplane mechanic. So he's not the person who necessarily started off in the, like, oh, I was five and I started right. He, he got into his career later on, which just goes to show that no matter how old you are, you can still do things that give you passion and find your purpose. And for that, Mr. Bill Withers, we salute you. Uh, yeah, we salute those. <laughs> that man has some some incredible, incredible uh, music. Um, speaking of incredible musician, um, you know, Little Richard was um, was exceptional. He was he's considered, uh, and he is the founding father of rock and roll. Uh, him and Chuck Berry created a new genre of music that we were just not the world has never been ready for. We have never really given Mr. Richard Penniman his true um, art form that he uh, bended the, these, these different arts and he brought them all together, creating his own genre of music where he mixed blues, gospel uh, music and, and created this own in, uh, innuendo. One of his critical songs, two of them, Tutti Fruity with its exuberant a wop bop a loop bop a wop bamboo, <laughs> you know, shout out, uh, shout out. Um, and he created all of these other hits, Lucille, Good Golly, Miss Molly, Long Tall Sally. Um, he was an exceptional. One of the great stories about him uh, is that, you know, Michael Jackson invested a long time ago. Uh, he tried to buy this catalog of music, which was the Beatles, and it was a ton of other music within that Beatle. Uh, it, it's the big story about how him and Paul McCartney broke up as friends. Well, one of the things that uh, he offered 45, Paul McCartney couldn't come up with it. And then um, the, the company said no. And they, he came back and he bought it for 47 million. Well, within that, he had all of Little Richard, uh, Richard's publishing and all of his music. And Michael Jackson, Michael Joseph Jackson, the Michael Jackson, gave Little Richard all of his publishing back, uh, you know, before he died. He gave that to him uh, in, 19, in the 1980s. So Mr. Richard, the, the founding father of rock and roll, was able to own his own masters. And that was, that was pretty, uh, that was a great testament to Michael Jackson and to Mr. Richard. So uh, we, we salute you, sir, and thank you so much. The next person, of course, is uh, Mississippi's own Charlie Pride. Uh, he is—he uh, was born 
a sharecropper son in Sledge, Mississippi, uh, and he became the first country music's uh, first black superstar. Uh, you know, he was in the army. He's a veteran. He played professional baseball, and he um, he had this song, Kiss, Kiss an Angel Good Morning. And I remember us listening to that song growing up on KC14 in Grenada, Mississippi. We had a radio station that played country and western in the morning, and then it played hip-hop at night. So we were so lucky to be able to hear Mr. Charlie Pride and to see our, uh, somebody that looked like me on Hee Haw was, was awesome. So thank you. We salute you, Mr. Charlie Pride. Our next person that we're honoring, um, I, I think it's probably uh, prior to Bobby Brown, <laughs> prior <laughs> to um, uh, Chris Brown, prior to any of the, the people that considered themselves to be somewhat of a, a sex symbol. Um, Mr. John Ecstasy Fletcher um, of the group Houdini. He was one of the founders and he actually is credited with being one of the early rappers that kind of crossed over into pop. Like we've got those hits, uh, One Love, Friends, um, that we grew up with. Um, he had the Zorro hat that I think people came to, to know him by and to love about him. He did not consider himself to be a singer, but he did say, I'll, I'll rap for you, and that he did. Uh, he was able to have some international success as well as here locally. Um, and I think that pop flavor is what made Houdini stand out. One of my favorite groups from growing up uh, during that during that 90s time. So Mr. John Ecstasy Fletcher, we salute you for putting your own spin on the world of hip hop. Speaking of hip hop, if we would be remiss if we did not mention Mr. Malik B, um, MC, singer, founding member of The Roots. Uh, and that's what he's best known for, though he did have some other success with rap groups. Um, he actually started out with the Square Roots <laughs> and then he met Questlove and, and Black Thought. And that's when they dropped the Square and decided to make it, which we are very thankful for, um, The Roots. <laughs> uh, he appeared on several albums um, the, the Roots have, I think, a legacy of bringing um, hip hop even further into mainstream. Um, they are, uh, I think, a group that has that ability to be able to cross over to, to for the hip hop heads as well as I think the R&B groups. Um, things fall apart. There's a lot of things that they I think have, have done as a group that uh, Game Theory rising down some of their albums that did really, really well. Um, and Malik B is one of the people that I think was able to use his gifts even outside of, of the group um, as a way to be able to bring people together. And so uh, Malik B for, for not only changing square roots to the roots, um, but also just being a phenomenal legend. We salute you, sir. We salute you, uh, Malik B. Uh, you know, the next person, again, uh, some big icons died this year, and these next two are incredible. Um, you know, RBG, the notorious RBG, as she's sometimes referred to, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, Ginsburg, she 
was a feminist icon on the Supreme Court. She'll be remembered for her uh, activist role and trailblazing law career, uh, standing up for equality, uh, gender equality for women. Uh, she was a civil servant, as, as I said, an associate justice there on the court. Um, and her powerful dissenting opinions are some of the most cited, and they ultimately, a lot of them ultimately became reversed and became the law of our land. Um, she's, um, there's been several um, documentaries about her, but there's been two depictions of her lives uh, in, in, in biopics. So there's a biopic of her in on the basis of sex that focus on her arguing her first sex discrimination court case, where she simply just, why wouldn't a woman get paid? I mean, the same, these are simple questions. Why would someone do the same work and not be paid the same pay? Uh, these aren't gender rights, they're just human rights. Treat us all the same. And she was a, a small in stature, but she was an absolute giant in life. Uh, and so we salute you. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Thank you. Um, the next um, person uh, needs no introduction. He was elected to Congress 17 terms uh, from the state of Georgia. And if he was living today, uh, I'm sure that he would be so proud of the state of Georgia for Georgia turning blue, Georgia flipping, uh, you know, being extremely decisive in this presidential election, Georgia uh, and the leaders there in Georgia still standing strong on the election was fair and moving forward. And, and this, this current election that is happening now, I'm sure uh, that he would be proud. But before he was elected, uh, he was part of what's called the big six leaders of uh, the uh, civil rights movement. Uh, and that big six was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., James Farmer, John Lewis, a. Philip Randolph, Roy Wilkins, and Whitney Young. They were the six prominent civil rights leaders. Uh, and, and they did the march in 1963, the March on Washington. What was really telling is that ended up being the thing that broke it down. One similar point was in 1965, uh, Lewis led the first of three Selma to Montgomery marches uh, and across the what's called the Edmund Pettus Bridge, where there is a big, strong movement right now to rename that bridge, uh, the John Lewis Bridge, uh, because of what happened on Bloody Sunday. This exceptional gentleman uh, went uh, and put his life at risk because he knew that he had to get in what we refer to now as good trouble. So Mr. John Lewis, Congressman John Lewis, leader John Lewis, humanitarian John Lewis, we say, we salute you and thank you. So we're now winding down to the last two people that we want to honor and salute. Um, and, and we save these two for last because of the significance of the losses of them to us as a culture. Uh, I don't think anyone could tell you that they don't remember learning about the death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and the other people who were on the helicopter um, that, that went down with them all on it. Um, so this particular loss is important to me because it was an excellent example of 
how men grieve. And so people, there were a lot of articles about why are men having such a hard time with Kobe Bryant? Like we know he was a, a exceptional basketball player coming out of high school, um, five-time NBA champion, played his whole career on the Lakers, MVP 2006, Olympic gold medalist. Like, so we, okay, so he's all of these things. He, he retires, he becomes a coach. He uh, actually directs a short, short film about basketball for which he uh, actually um, received an Academy Award father. But, but what was it about this loss that was so, um, so difficult for us? And it was because we got to see the humanity of Kobe Bryant. We got a chance to see him. He, he was arrogant when he first came into the league and he was a hothead and he was a ball hog and we saw him grow up and we saw him learn how to be a team player and we saw him make some mistakes in his marriage and we saw him and his family overcome them and we saw him be a girl dad and so when we lost him it hurt men it, it allowed men to actually be able to express how their pain that they were feeling looked like because they saw themselves as a Kobe Bryant and we know that grief is tough, but we know that particularly men don't often talk about grieving. And this was a good opportunity for men to actually discuss grief. Attorney Winters, do you remember learning about the loss of Kobe Bryant? Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I, I think it was a watershed moment in all of our lives to, uh, for many reasons, uh, most of which you enumerated, you know, our ages, we're you know forty fathers of daughters, and uh, and and knowing how impactful that was to see him focus his energy on being a girl dad, being a father uh, to all of those beautiful girls that he had, being a husband. Uh, we all fall far from grace. I was watching Denzel today, and how he he talked about how he hasn't been perfect. But he knows that that's his best friend, and 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 to see Kobe and and his wife and and their kids together, like that was his best friend. And so, while we all may fall far from grace, we all want that second act, and we were also excited about his second act from basketball, going into, you know, uh, uh, producing movies, being a big champion in business. Uh, leading the Lakers from an executive standpoint, consultant. And so all of that was really important to watch him walk happily away from basketball. Like he said in the, the Academy Award winning short film that he created uh, when he won that Oscar. In the, if you watch it, he says, you know, I can love you, but I can let you go. He can let, you know, and I think that's what we take away from him and his beautiful young daughter leaving us so, so early is that, uh, that, they can love us and they have to let this life go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, opened up um, an opportunity for us to discuss um, our next person too. Um, I, I don't think that we can have a conversation without talking about Chadwick uh, Bozeman. And I think that, you know, so we have Kobe and this is, um, I think you, you, um, discuss this well, uh, we all fall from grace, right? We all have our moments where you know, we're not our best versions of ourselves, but we get back up. We get back up, we're human, we, we dust ourselves off and we're able to be even greater because I think we, we grow out of, our out of our challenges. That's when we're triumphant. Um, so Chadwick, uh, his loss 
was tough for us because it brings up this whole discussion about what happens when we're struggling with health problems and um, we keep things secret. We think we keep things close to the vest because we are concerned about how we will be viewed if we share this information. So people were hurt actually um, that they didn't know that Chadwick actually had cancer. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of his friends kind of spoke out like, wow, I just talked to him. He didn't mention anything. And, and uh, people have been making comments about noticing that he had lost weight. He was um, looking different and people will speculate, oh, drugs, all of these things. And as people found out like, oh, he had cancer. Wow. And, and it gave everybody pause. But the truth is, um, sometimes we, we're protective of talking about our illness because we don't want it to interfere with us being able to do things. You know, he's filming um, uh, uh, major films during this time. Uh, and what if he had been honest about his condition? The question is, would he have been able to still continue to play in those roles knowing he was undergoing treatment? And I think that does bring up this fear of men sharing things about themselves that potentially could be used against them in these, in these negative ways. And you have him in, in comparison to uh, Alex Trebek, who was very public about his um, going through cancer. Um, but here you have a black man whose experience was different because a black man's experience is different. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Attorney Leonard? Well, you know, I think there are some challenges that, uh, there's a thing called HIPAA. As a lawyer, there's a thing called HIPAA. Privacy Act of, in, that was created in the 70s in this country, there's still laws. I mean, it is not someone else's business. And, and it's, it's my decision or your decision or that person's decision. In this case, Mr. Bozeman's uh, decision to determine if he wants to let you in on the fact that he's suffering. Uh, sometimes people want to suffer in silence and want to share that, that burden with their closest loved ones. Uh, because they don't want that to be the story. The story is, is he is an award-winning actor. He's a super, super duper hero. He is the leader of Wakanda. He is the leader of Wakanda. And, and, um, and he's a king. He didn't just play one superstar. He played all of them. He played the Godfather of Soul. He played the first Black Supreme Court justice. He played the the my biggest hero is Jackie Robinson, not because of baseball. Jackie Robinson was my hero because of what he did in the army. And so he played Jackie Robinson. He is an exceptional actor who uh, my great, my, my uh, big hero actor is Denzel Washington, who Denzel admires. And so uh, he was an exceptional man and he had the right to, to, to grieve in silence and suffer in silence with his family. And it wasn't anybody's business but them unless they wanted to share that. But I think you're 100% correct in that we all um, saw the different ways and how you can um, battle this cancer. And I, I like the, the way both him and Alex Trebek did it. I don't see uh, either way because it was tough to watch Alex Trebek tell us that he was losing a battle um, when he thought he was winning and then the next year it, it, it came back. So either way was, was fun and I'm proud and I, I wholeheartedly salute them with you. Absolutely. Um, we are, uh, as we're going through this grieving process, we're recognizing that we deal with grief in different ways. And uh, you just highlighted very well 
um, that just because they're different doesn't mean that one is worse than the other or one is better than the other. There's just simply different. And we get, an, we get a chance to, to honor how we grieve in the way that we do. And there's not a timeline on that and there's not a right or wrong way to, to, to do that. Um, we just wanna make sure that we are moving through our grief process, whether that's with supportive friends and family, whether that's we wanna open up and, and talk to people about it and share our journey with the world, whether that's we wanna privately talk to a therapist about it. Um, but we get a chance to grieve in the ways that we grieve. And we wanna just kind of thank everyone who has been with us in this journey, um, who has allowed us to be able to share um, and talk through these things with our community of followers that we have gathered over this first year of In Our Defense and who we know that collectively are dealing with their own things. And we are, are hopeful that some of the, the things that we presented in our shows have allowed people to, to move forward in their wellness journeys, whatever they may be. Thank you. Uh, this has been uh, another great episode, Doc. So thank you so much. Uh, we are going to go live to all of our listeners, all our friends. Uh, we are going live on December the 31st. So make sure you tune in from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time um, as we get ready to usher in 2021 and say good riddance, I mean, goodbye to 2020. Uh, this has been another episode of In Our Own Defense Podcast. These series of episodes, it's about 2020, a year in review. Uh, so this concludes this episode. We're your hosts, Attorney A.D. Winners and Dr. Dolores Tarber. Uh, for more information about our podcast, find us on all social media. That's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and you can email us at in our own defense at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great 2021.